less stress, more time, more money. Welcome to the Cash Flow Contractor Consult. This is always where I say, uh, are we on, Ethan? <laughs> okay. We are on. So I can't finish that joke I started earlier? <laughs> Probably best. Yeah. <laughs> Probably best, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Chad, we really appreciate you being on here. Um, and we're excited to talk today and learn more about you and your company. Um, and we've got a lot of questions here. I don't know that we'll get through all of them, but I can already tell that you're a fun guy. This is the first time we've met, right? Yes, And it is. the first time you met Martin in person, right? right. Yes, we've we spoken on the phone. So maybe, um, and I know you, you have ideas of what you want to go through, Martin, but maybe give us an idea of where you are today and why you reached out to Martin. Sure. Um, so I've been... For the last couple of years, I've been trying to find my way forward in my business. We had plateaued a little bit uh, about back in 2017. Yeah. And um, a lot of my salesmen got a little complacent and then they decided to go off and to do other things. Yeah. So my sales team fell apart and my numbers uh, followed. Um, I and I've been I've tried some different things um, but I keep I feel like I'm a spinning top I just keep standing in the same spot hmm. trying to figure out what to do and I'm confused and I'm a little bit lost and I know that I need to move forward but I've just not been able to find the right path that I feel confident I keep starting on ones and then not feeling confident of my plan and backing up and trying again when I've never really given anything a real shot. Mm. Ken, uh, we jump back just a little bit and say what your business is. Yeah, uh, um, uh, I own Rugged Roofing and Construction. It is a commercial roofing company. Um, we only do uh, commercial roofing, although we did attempt residential, which also accounts for some of the problems. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we lost our best uh, sales. It was a separate business, but my best salesman went became one of the partners in it. So he stopped working on what he did best. So became uh, an executive and quit selling. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, and it was it was bad for him and it was bad for us. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. Okay, and sorry to jump back in just so people knew what we we're talking about. You you said you'd tried some other things. Your spinning top, which is a great metaphor. I love that. But you said you'd kind of tried some other things and hadn't really. What what kind of things had you been? Um, I tried uh, a a training, a business training uh, system, where and the, and there was a coach involved with that. And some of the concepts I can already tell from looking at your book. Uh, and from just talking to you are not dissimilar, but I'm a person who is gonna do better when I can meet with someone and talk to someone about the specifics of my business and not just a general system. Um, and when I was doing that, it was the same time I lost all my salespeople and so my cash flow just tanked. Kind of And chaos. it just kind of, it was just, can't do this. Um, I've tried to engage uh, some sales, uh, training um, I've tried to engage I've tried to start a service side to my business so that um, and I've got a service side to my business but it's not grown mm -hmm. like I need it to in order to uh, 
actually make sense. Right now, it's just a, it's almost a loss leader. I'm losing money on it every month. Um, and so uh, just all these different things and I just false starts and I can't seem to get anywhere. Right. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of different. So uh, just in passing, it was, you said you tried some sales training. Was lack of training in sales the problem? No. Okay. <laughs> That's kind of what. It was, it was partially, so it was during the process when I still had all the salespeople and before I lost them. Right. And I was trying to, so all my, uh, my salespeople are independent contractors. Right. Um, they can do better for themselves at that. But I feel like I need to also have an internal sales staff. And I was trying to figure out how to transition some of these people into an internal, from an external into an internal and I couldn't figure out the dollars and cents and I couldn't figure it. So that's why I had gone down that road of training because yeah. I was trying to improve. I'm too much of what I do is a one time sale based on insurance that is very sales intensive in the sense of someone has to go out, get in front of the customer, they get the sale, the sale is done, we're done. Sure. And I need to generate some additional types of sales in my business in order to have a sustainable model where those big jobs are supplements those big insurance jobs are are additional sure. to what our foundational core of our business so is. what was the idea what was the idea behind the foundational services what were those um that would be roof maintenance and okay. service so service and maintenance so service would be i've got a problem can you come fix it Maintenance right. is we're going to extend the life of your roof, saving you money yeah. so that your roof lasts longer. Because it's the single biggest expense for most people sure. after they've bought a building is their roof. Right. A question I, I like to ask when I hear something like that, just quick, just simple answer. Is the business out there to be had? Yes. Okay. That's why I like who, to hear. Who's paying? Yes. I know on the on the big jobs, the insurance is paying for it. Who's paying for the smaller jobs for the maintenance and the service? That would be the owners. The owners. Or, yeah. Insurance I mean, does not contribute. No. Okay. Not for that. Gotcha. Because insurance is for disaster relief, essentially. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Makes sense. Look, can, kind of still in the background. Can <clears throat> what? What did? Ten years. You've been in business. 10 uh, years? six years. Six years. Uh, well. What yeah, was your ambition? Why, why did you go into business? What was your goal? What were you thinking um, when you started the business? Um, I was working for a company in Texas as a sales professional. In, in roofing? In roofing. Okay. okay. Um, to back up even further, I moved to Oklahoma back in 2011 for a different job. And I did it very well. And then the product I was selling was essentially discontinued and I got set adrift after having moved my family here. Yeah. Okay. And um, the person who is my uh, business partner in Rugged Roofing, um, he was like, you ever thought about doing roofing sales? And I was like, no. And then I ended up doing roofing sales. And so, but the company that we worked for was in Texas. We didn't have a lot of support. And I personally did not like the sort of um i didn't like the customer support that they provided I, I felt like they were not interested in really helping the customer they were interested in making a buck 
Mm-hmm. And I just, I didn't like the ethics of it. And so I wanted to, we were here, we were by ourselves anyway. I wanted to start my own so that we could build a company that had a little bit more uh, ethics, um, more concern for the bottom, for the customer, uh, a more lasting relationship. And I have implemented that to a certain degree, but not still to the degree that I want to, which also brings it back to service, which you're able to do that more because you're able to build those relationships. Right. Right. Well, that's probably the number one reason uh, small business owners start a small business is loss of a job. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right. It's not necessarily negative, but usually it's not negative if you start your own business and succeed, but that's probably the number one reason. So, yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, so um, tell us a little bit about the you got started with rugged roofing how what was the journey been like since then like it's been six years give us an idea of ups and downs all those things well to preface that but then follow that did you have an idea of what you wanted did you have a vision for your company when you started it or just to start it and and then to build the culture and the ethics you wanted and then then i I mean my vision would have been to build a company that, you know, really did take care of both the customer and employees more mm-hmm. than the company I worked for. Um, obviously, I also wanted to take care of my family d- during this sure. process. Ultimately, I want to be able to give back to the, the community. Sure. Um, so that would have been my vision uh, when I when I started the business. Um, And I wanted to make more money than I was making by myself. <laughs> Just you finally said sales. it. Yeah, yeah of I mean, course. That is an honest statement as well. I do want to get to Khalil's question, but this is a fantastic thing. Is it okay to make a boatload of money? Yes. Okay. Good. Not everybody answers that that way. I'm so, sure they don't. It is not my it, primary motivator, but it is a. If you're not making money in business, you're not succeeding in business. Yep. And it is the only end measurement of what success in Boston looks like. It's the score. Yeah. And, and another point that we make, and especially making it in the book, you haven't got there yet, <laughs> but is if you don't make it, you can't give it away. That's exactly right. You're, you're not noble if you're sitting on the sidelines in a lotus position and not working because you loathe money. You're not, you're, maybe you're, that's an admirable thought, but you can help people if you make money, give it away. If you yeah. lose money or sitting there not liking money and not trying to make a profit, you can't do, do good. Meaning, anyway. No, it makes so, sense. So you have this ambition to, you know, have a better customer service for people here in Oklahoma, to really build relationships, to make a lot of money. What's the journey like? You said this was six years ago. Walk us through, on a on a year by year basis, maybe. How did you? How did it go? So uh, we started in late 2014. Our first sale was the beginning of 2015. So just starting from 2015 and moving forward mm-hmm. from there. Um, the uh, in our first year, um, we brought one sale. We basically had two salespeople that were brought in on that first year, and. Um, they one came with us from the previous company sure 
and then one we recruited one who came out and who became my top salesperson still is my top salesperson so he's um, still with you he is good um, so we did just under two million in 2015 15. in your first year in our first year that's great um, and then uh, in our second year we had added significant uh, salespeople um, and uh, we went to about five and a half million in sales um, our third year I really would call an aberration we happened to land on one really big job but it was eight eight point two million in our third year and that would be 2017 2018 back to four million 2019 back to 2.2 million so we have had a, a an up and down journey that has definitely um, caused some challenges from a cash flow perspective from a planning perspective yeah. from a uh, just life perspective it's been uh, uh, and it's caused yeah. a lot of anxiety yeah for sure how are you guys doing right now with COVID? How is 2020 going for you guys so far? So yeah, 2020, we are uh, on pace right now to do a little bit more than we did last year, probably closer, about 2.5 to 2.8, depending on how things go over here the next, um, we, uh, you know, over the next couple of months. But that's, uh, we'll, we'll be a little closer to 3 million. Okay. Um, and which, you said that you have, uh, this ambition to do the service and have that relationship, uh, not just the big jobs. How is that going? What percentage of your business is new jobs versus the service? Well, and our, our, our our income on service so far this year this year is about sixty thousand five hundred dollars. Gotcha. Revenue. So that, as well, revenue, I, I want to jump back. Not and income. Ask, yeah, that's a great. Right. That's a great. Uh, yeah, I want to jump back and hit on that point. So two point two five eight back down. What about profitability? Um, Revenues are cool. But they're meaningless if there's not profit and then ultimately cash. Yeah, yeah, that, that's an excellent point. Um, so in our first three years, um, basically, my partner and I took no salary. Yeah. And I had one employee. So you're doing millions and you're not taking a salary. Correct. Now I hope you don't feel real bad. Well, I want you to feel bad about that, but that's really common. It's very, very common. Very common. We were just taking draws. Yeah. You know, we didn't okay. have a regular right. salary. Oh, so you were able to take some draws. We had, we had money okay. coming oh, in. Oh, okay. 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 So let me be clear. That's not as common. <laughs> no. We had profits. Our actual profit numbers as a as a net profit in our first three years were somewhere between 23 and 27%. Okay. Which, uh, That's good. Which are excellent. Yeah. Just, just in passing... Uh, like to say that the average company in the United States has seven percent uh, of sales as net profit. You sell a million, you make seventy thousand. Twenty seven is really, really good. It it is. In year four, we had ten percent. Okay, <laughs> that was a combination of two things. We had there was a an issue with one of our employees. I actually highlighted a, the word embezzlement in your book. Um, <laughs> there's a whole there's a whole chapter on that. And then don't think it uh, can't happen to you. And then um, we, uh, you know, I added some employees as well that we were paying. And so, uh, and, it, you know, with our 
you know, economy of scale, dollars going down in that fourth year, the numbers also went down in terms of profit. And this is a discovery session here today, but I will can't let it go by without passing. Uh, that every company, the owner needs to take a salary. Absolutely. Because you're kidding yourself that 27 is, I, I mean, I don't know the absolute numbers, but if you and your partner both took reasonable salaries, you might be at the 10 or 12, right? And we want the salaries in there because that's the true goal. It's the true nut you got to get every month. But that's a specific... Well, and just to make it more clear for people listening why to take the salaries, if you're going to hire somebody to take your place one day, they need a salary. That is an and, excellent point. And, and you so, don't really know where you are. And you, and if you're going to kid yourself and say, oh, we're doing 27 profit margins, let's go hire somebody to fill my spot. Well, you weren't taking a salary. So now that just takes from the profit. Right. So, And that is something that in even this year I've been working on. Good, um, good. So our salaries are actually in there. They're still Finish. not to the extent probably of where they need to be for me to hire someone to take my spot. Right. But they are, they've gone up significantly we'll, uh, this year. We'll do a deep dive on that. But uh, because we're talking about it right now with you, you don't want your salary to be ridiculous because you have to pay, un- uh, you know, the payroll, payroll tax. tax on it. It's going to cost you 10%. But it should be reasonable because if you ever have to defend yourself with the IRS, they're going to come back and you're going to wish you did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but even bigger than that, an abundant mindset says that's the nut. I'm paying myself ten thousand a month. That goes into fixed costs, and that's what we got to make. And then you do. I've seen it a million times. You put it in yep. there, and you make it. You leave it out, and it's kind of not talking about you specifically, but it's a scarcity mindset that it's not there. I better not put it in, and and things change when you do. So absolutely, uh, that's kind of specific, not part of discovery. But there's there's some free. Advice, as we say. I hear that actually. (laughs) Yeah. So you talked about reaching out to Martin. How are you feeling right now? You're still feeling like that spinning top. Yes. Okay. I've got. I mean, as I mentioned, I I mean, I've got some a lot of things going on, both on personal, professional, and it just right. I I had. I've just the ability to make a decision. So getting someone from an outside perspective, it's just going to make me better. It's going to make me a better manager. It, this is how I feel. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's going to make me, it's going to help me make and stick to a plan. Yeah. And I think it's going to make me a better business owner. Yeah. Because I'm feeling bad about myself that mm-hmm. I've not been able to execute on my plans. Not yeah. just my business. I'm feeling personally yeah. disappointed in myself when I get up in the morning. And I, that, I, that's, I love that you're saying that because people do. It's the truth. And, and it beats you. Well, what's wrong with me? What? There's a question in the book. I don't know if you got that far yet, but it's the last question that says, how come all the business owners around me are doing so well and I'm suffering? And I said, the only reason you think that is because you haven't stopped in and talked to them. Oh, I highlighted there that are question people, in there your are. first part of the book. I hadn't got, I'm only about a third of the way through the book oh, but, wow. uh, since this morning, but, uh, you know, I, uh, it, it did come out today. So give me a second. Okay. Oh, <laughs> no, no, I'm just, I'm just thrilled that you're reading it. I mean, yeah. you're exactly my target market. I want somebody that wants to know what to actually do to change from where you are to where you want to be. 
So this is such a great promo for your book, Martin. I know we haven't even said <laughs> we haven't even, it launched today. It did launch today. Yeah, I had pre-ordered it, so it was. I got up this morning. There was an email. It was on my Kindle. I knew I was coming to do this, so I came and read it. That's before great. I came wow. here. That's wow. great. Uh, just, You're really helping well, me feel better. I'm a colossal I think, nerd, so it is what it is. Well, here's here's something. Leaders are readers. It doesn't mean you have to buy a book. You can be audible counts as reading nowadays or Kindle, but leaders are readers. Maybe leaders they, are learners. They, no, they're readers. Oh, okay. <laughs> because damn YouTube, that newfangled stuff, that don't count no more, boy. Okay. That's not, <laughs> that's not really learning. That's just watching a video. No, but learners, I, I think that's fair. But constantly, you don't even know why you read something, but there's something. If it's a good book, it's going to have at least three things in there. If you don't have, if you can't take three things out of it, then it wasn't a good book. Not mine. I mean, any. That's my test. Well, those three things just accumulate, accumulate, give you a different look at things and a different. Like you just said that you felt bad about yourself. Um, oh man, I mean, it's so valuable that you said that because a lot of people will sit and not want to admit that. Yeah. And that's one of the things. Let's explore it just a little bit. If it's okay. Yeah. Why do you? Why would you feel bad about yourself? That's a great question, and I'm, I'm thinking about the best way to put this. I have a dream. I have a, you can use the word vision, but I have a dream That's, for my business. Works. I have a dream for my family. I have a dream for our community. And ultimately, all of the responsibility, along with all of the risk, lands on my shoulders. I'm the majority owner of this business. I do have a business partner, but he is, my role is, if there is any role, I mean, I'm the boss when it comes down to it, right? I'm the, I'm the guy who runs the business on a day-to-day -day basis. My business partner is best in the sales manager sales role. He's very, very, very good at that. And he's a great support to me. Uh, and he's, he's a great person to bounce things off. But when it ultimately comes down to it, it's me. And here I am for the last, I've known that I need to do something dis different since 2017, because I do pay attention to my numbers, not as well as I'm supposed to be, <laughs> but I do pay attention to my numbers and I know I've needed to do something different since 2017. And I haven't been able to execute on it. And I keep trying and I'm just so frustrated just with myself. A little okay, <laughs> but a little more, why does that frustrate you? Because it's my responsibility. Okay, well, I like, by the way, do you know the Sword of Damocles? Yes. Okay, uh, if, if listeners don't, it's fantastic. But a Greek king, Philip II, one of his courtier guys, you know, that hangs around was telling him, yo, you got it easy. Anything you say goes. So he said, really? So he made that man sit and eat. A, well, it was Damocles was a, a, made him sit at dinner with a sword hanging over his head, dangling by a single hair from a horse's tail. <laughs> he said, how do you like it now? That constant burden of responsibility that is business owners. That's one reason I love business owners is they shoulder that. And you get no credit for it. Well, maybe your partner appreciates it and so on. But that burden that you bear. Yeah. Uh, I really appreciate that about business owners because there's always somebody in there. The leader, whether they're the owner or not, the leader bears that responsibility and says, you know what? It's up to me. It's not up to that guy. 
But why would you, I'm, I'm looking for some of that, so I guess I'm asking leading questions, but, uh, well, I am asking leading questions. I don't know if I'm asking them well. <laughs> uh, so you're not getting it done. So that's frustrating. I get that prima facie right there. You don't, you don't get it done. So I feel bad about that. But why would you, do you feel bad about your, uh, your ability to get it done? I doubt my ability to get it done right now. I have okay. got a lot of self-doubt. That's perfect. kind of what, when I say I'm spinning top, that's a little bit what that is. is that's perfect. I don't trust myself today, perfect. and that's part of the reason I'm sitting and here. And do you feel any, well, you are sitting here, so that distinguishes you from a lot. But <laughs> Absolutely. Do you feel guilty about not knowing what to do? Yes. Okay. Bingo. Yes. We hit the point. If that's the leading question, if you want to take that's, that that mountain, well done. Well, I'll, I'll flag no. plant it. That that is that's exactly the point I wanted to get to because I like to make this point. You're good at sales originally, so obviously you know something about roofing. Mm -hmm. But why would you know about marketing? Why would you know about bookkeeping? Why would you know about corporate structure and operating agreements and? payroll taxes and insurance and regulatory compliance and being a visionary for your company and writing out a culture and writing out organizational charts and, and teaching, delegating instead of, why would you know any of that? Because I'm a colossal nerd and I'm an <laughs> entrepreneur with a high opinion of myself. <laughs> no, 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 no. You got to have a certain amount of arrogance, even if you feel bad, not arrogance, but of uh, resolve in order right. to pull it off. But my point is, I, this is what I want people to hear is why, if you don't know about bookkeeping and finances and all that kind of stuff and you're embarrassed when you talk to your banker, my question is why the hell would you know about it? Right. Find. I didn't go to business school. I was an English I did, major. I, I did go to business school and I didn't learn any of it. Learned, what I learned in business school was microeconomics and macroeconomics and statistics and MIS and international trade. Not a word about anything that I talk with my clients about. Now, yeah. I'm glad I did it because it's uh, ambient light. You know, it's some knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm also not walking around feeling bad that I don't know something. But my, the, the point I like to get to people to relieve that feeling of guilt is it's not even reasonable to expect that you would know that. No. It's to find advisors. Yeah. Well, I think also another thing to think about is the personal versus professional. Mm -hmm. you, you mentioned earlier that there's a lot of stress both on the personal and professional, but in my, real, in my, in my opinion, you can't separate the two. Right. They're, the, they're one and the same. We live in a single dimensional world. As much as we want to have multi-dimensions, it, that's not reality. Right. And it's a, a figment of our imagination. So all of these, this spinning top that you feel professionally, of course it's going to affect the personal. Of course that you're going to feel overwhelmed and guilty and like all responsibility is on you. Well, and with all the personal that is going on, it's very difficult to focus on a way out of right. the spinning top in my business. Yeah. Yeah. That has felt very challenging. Yeah. Um, I told Martin this, and this is an, a, a brutally honest statement. I sit at my desk. You know, I know a lot of business owners, what they struggle with is time. Well, what I, what I struggle with right now is purpose. Yeah, oh, I like that. I mean, I think, I I think every business I owner feels that. I empty screen looking for something to do yeah because i i know i've got the time it's i mean it's not like i don't but i just i'm so conflicted and stuck yeah. and so i'm here and i'm gonna find Excellent. a way 
I'm hoping that you guys can help me find a way forward. Yeah. And that's why I'm sitting here. Well, I think a There's lot of no business owners have that too. Maybe their purpose is that's is the job they're on right now, right? Or the project they have, whatever it is. But if you ask them beyond that, they usually don't have a vision. They usually well, don't know what they want. And that's the hardest question to answer. Yeah. A lot of contractors are out working the jobs and I, that's not me, right? I'm I'm You've gone I, beyond I've that, got so. the people yeah. to manage the jobs. Yeah. Um Doing the jobs is actually not the hardest part. It, right now, like I know that is the case for a lot of people, but it, you know, that's that's the part that is is easily handled in, yeah. in a lot yeah. of ways. Well, what I want to ask, if we can, what are you said you're spinning top, and on the professional side, I know there's some personal items, but what are the things that are causing the spinning top right now? Like, and give us like details. Like, what are some things that you just can't get past right now in your business? What are the things that really have you hung up? Is it your books? Is it your sales process? Is it employee management? Is it hiring? What is what is going on right now? The thing that I first sent to Martin is I know my sales process is insufficient right now. Okay. I, I and probably marketing in uh, in that as well. Okay. We know how to go out and get um, insurance jobs. We're very good at it. Yeah. But insurance jobs are highly dependent on an exterior force called the weather. Sure. That, especially when it comes to roofs. And secondarily, they are dependent on insurance companies that evermore don't want to pay claims. So that is an external force that is operating my business. Yeah. And, you know, when that is the majority of a source of income, and that's just not who I want to be. So mm-hmm. I know I've got to develop a sales process that builds something else. Recurring revenue based on Recurring, relationships. Recurring revenue based on relationships. It's the company I've always wanted to have. So that's going to go in your vision. But yeah. anyway, keep. <laughs> keep. So keep going. So the sales process, that's one. That's an issue. You're And then building relationships, you're kind of having an issue with. You're having an issue with insurance. Um, the weather, I guess you could say. <laughs> what are some of the other things that are like top of mind right now? Um, making smart decisions then with the resources and the direction to go. I don't know how to better explain it than that, but I just, I, I, I like. Does, does it feel like you're at a fork in the road where there are so many different paths you can go down and make decisions about and you, you're afraid of making the wrong one? Yes. Yes, that is very much so the case. Let me let me tell you something just about myself. And uh, when I was a kid, yeah, my dad told me to move a pile of bricks. I could have. This is not. This is a true story. This is not a, okay. apocryphal at all. Like literally, he told me to move a pile of bricks out into the garden, away mm-hmm. from the back of the house. It would have taken me a grand total of a half hour to do that if I'd have done it. I spent probably four hours trying to figure out a better way. I will spend, I, if I'm not confident of what I'm doing, I will get stuck into trying to find a better way. And I will keep doing it and I will keep doing it and I will loop and I will just, and then if I'm not confident of what I'm doing, I will loop back around and try a different way. Would you call yourself a perfectionist? I call my wife a perfectionist. But my daughter calls me a perfectionist too, so probably. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and I, I think you have a really good point about this. I forget what you have a term for it, and I, I always lose your terms, Martin. But like, 
yeah, you can spend four hours and make a spreadsheet look really great and function so great. But what's the net benefit of that? Yeah, Brian Tracy, I don't know if this is the one you're talking about, but I read it the other day. Brian Tracy, written a lot of business books, says there is no greater waste of time than doing something well that need not be done at all. Exactly. And, That's exactly and what I'm I, about. I can identify with this. A lot of times, literally, it's spreadsheets because that's neat, and I can see the pluses and the minuses, and the formula worked or it didn't, and I've wasted two hours. For what? You know, I could have looked at it and multiplied those two numbers in my head and say it's about this. So, right. uh, Same yeah. thing with the bricks, right? You could have yes. moved them in 30 minutes. I could have. But you found a conveyor belt process. I don't know what you did. <laughs> but you figured out some way to make it easier on you, but took four hours to do. Yes. And you're never going to be moving bricks again. Right. So why why spend that time? Right. It's the it's the desire to solve a problem, yeah, right? Absolutely. And <laughs> I my I bring up the perfectionist point because I think for a lot of people, a lot of business owners, that is something they it's their baby, it's something they want to control, they want it to be exactly how they envision it. And the reality is that perfection is your enemy. Like the faster you can fail at things, the better you off you are. The faster you can learn from those failures, the better off you are. And if you're trying to make things perfect, all you're doing is ridding yourself of the opportunity to fail. And I think what happened was I kept trying different ideas and now I've just stuck in a, a place of not trusting myself to make a decision. Yeah, absolutely. And you're being too hard on yourself too. Well, let's be, yes. I yeah, am. that's yeah. my Any, Anybody that would, if, you're, if you were to explain to us like the, some of the doubt that you have and why you have it, all this stuff, we'd be like, we wouldn't know what to do. Like, just try it. Like, just give your best foot forward and move on, you know? Yeah. Well, and then it comes down to, back to the numbers a little bit of like, and just making decisions about, okay, do I hire a certain salesperson and how do I compensate them? How do I trust when I'm already losing money because I've got to have a service staff in place. I'm already losing money on them. Now I'm putting even more money into something may not generate anything. Is this the right time? It's not so much that it's not the right idea. Is it's the right time? Is it going to work? And then, but wait, maybe I should just focus on getting more insurance salespeople because then, then they can do that. Maybe that generates the money that allows me to do this other thing. But that is dependent on factors completely out of my control. So does that make sense? That is the, that process right there is literally how I spend too much time right now. Yeah. That's uh, everything you're saying. Maybe, maybe you're a little on the extreme side, but everything you're saying is just classic. Uh, people will recognize what you're saying. Mm -hmm. We'll kind of summarize it when we get toward the end, but uh, clearly a matter of focus, clearly. Mm -hmm. of having decided we're going to go this, this is what, what we're going to measure, this is what we're going to commit. And I just got a little something in passing to say, if you focus on something, it gets better. Mm -hmm. And I, even if you don't know any new processes or anything like that, by paying attention to something consistently, I've seen it happen over my 46 years in business, almost without fail. Whatever you pay attention to gets better simply by the fact that you paid attention to it. Now, there's a lot more than paying attention you can do. So it really sounds like it's a matter of focus and yeah. uh, collaboration. And whatever that functional thing we do at the operations level has to be consistent with what you want from the vision of your company yeah. so that we know that we're going in the right direction. Yes. And the vision provides the incentive because if you do lose money for a few months while we're ginning things up, 
it's okay. I plan on this, but it's taking me the right direction. Right. So, yeah. So uh, I want to dive a little bit into that service side of things, the maintenance um, that you talked about that you want to do more of to build that relationship, that recurring work, if you will, rather than these one-time things. What, what are the benefits, like same customers, right? Same customer that buys the new roof after a hailstorm, right? Is the one that needs the maintenance and the service, correct? Not the best customer, but yes. Okay, so who's the best customer? So we do a lot of people who own, a lot of insurance shops we do are people who own one building. So okay. they're a good customer, but a better customer are people who own multiple buildings. So you're talking property managers? Property managers, yes. Okay. Or, or um, uh, even more mid-sized businesses that own multiple locations. Now we have some of those customers in the insurance side as well. So there is, there's crossover. Yeah. But we do a lot of people because we're just going into places. We're introducing ourselves. Sure. And we're going through a process that we've de- that we've developed. Okay. So. So the ideal customer has multiple buildings. Yes. Right. And how, how? What's your plan right now for getting in touch with them? Is there a plan? No. Okay. And do you have any of those contacts like that you've maybe done one of the roofs for or something like that? Minimally, but yes. You have a few. We have a few. Okay. And if if you want to target them, what are the benefits that you have to provide them with? Right. So the, the biggest benefit is um, from a... I'd say there's two. One is extending the life of their roof. Why do I want to extend the life of my roof? Because if... It is, if you have a, a commercial roof, yeah. it has a certain useful life. That useful life can be halved if you don't do maintenance. regular maintenance. Okay. So a roof, let's use a round number, a um, $100,000 roof sure. over a 20-year period. Uh-huh. If you have that, now you've got a $100,000 roof over a 50, I mean a 10-year period, 50-year right. period. That'd be awesome. Yeah, we gotta start working on that. <laughs> I wrote that down. Okay. Well, yeah. So extending, you know, reduce that is a genuine, real cost savings. Sure. That happens um, from from doing it. The other thing I think that we offer, and this depends on the development of the perfect systems, but it is at the very core of who we want to be a business as a business, is excellent communication. Right. And excellent um, quality. Okay. Uh, and well, if we do those things, we're going to stand out. Sure. No, and any contractor that does those things well will stand out. Yes. Absolutely. But I want to say, I want to push back on that a little bit. I'm just playing devil's advocate. But if we live in Oklahoma, we're having tornadoes, hailstorms, you can kind of count on it. Not maybe every year, but every other year, something happening. It's been five years since we've had right. a significant hailstorm in Oklahoma. Okay, so five <laughs> years, but still, we're, we're, we're within 10 years. Yes. Uh-huh. Right? So if I'm the property manager, why don't I just say, man, if the insurance will cover it, if there's a hailstorm, I'll gamble. Like, what, what would you say to that? What I would say to that is, again, five years without. Sure. There are significant areas of... That of the of 
the uh, state that actually rarely get hail, but also it's not great for your customers Mm -hmm. or your environment or maybe even your employees because we can usually save energy and, and reduce the heat inside buildings when water is coming in or you've got drips or you've got, um, you know, and here's the other problem. If you don't get that storm, you're you're gambling, right? If you don't get that storm and you haven't done maintenance, now your roof is falling apart and you're on that hook. Now, will insurance benefit me or give me the benefit of the doubt if I can prove that I've done maintenance over the course of the life of the roof? Uh, If there's a genuine storm, a genuine thing. Yes, they will. Like, yes, they will. Because I can, I can see an insurance company saying, "Oh, that like so." We just have a huge hailstorm come through. They come and inspect the roof. Oh, that's been there for longer than this storm. A common, common statement. We actually, that's one of the things we say when we're going out to sell to people on the insurance side is we keep all the pictures, we keep records, we provide a baseline for your roof, and if you're doing that every year, yeah, right, you've got a common. You've got an argument yeah. for them, uh, for anyone who, if anything comes down, about what the condition roof was before the storm and after the storm. Yeah. And it's, it's insurance companies love to get engineers to say it's old damage. Yeah. So it sounds like a really important thing, some key benefits that I see for the property manager is keep your tenants happier and safer. Um, keep your bills down on energy costs. Um, then also, um, the preventive damage to the building that can happen from like water. Mm-hmm. It's like protect the rest of your building, not just the roof. Yes. Uh, and from further maintenance issues that you can cost. So the cost savings that you might be able to provide somebody on maintenance for their building outside of the roof, like Martin was just pointing to a, um, spot in, my a spot in his ceiling that has water damage. Uh, and so that, that's something that. Is probably caused from the roof. So I'm being able shocked to, that I noticed that the moment I walked. Oh in. no, I'm sure you did. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people do, and that's I read something the other day, and I started to say, "Well, I don't see that anymore." But everybody else, does. everybody else does. Well, so that's one thing. Like if you can, if you can show up to a property manager and say, "Hey, I can save you X amount of dollars every year on just preventative things that you have to maintain if we just fix your, if we do a a one year service on your roof and we come by every year, right?" Yes. Um, and then the the other thing is faster um, faster claim processing. I, I don't know what the term would be, but hey, if, if when there is a storm, because there will be in the next twenty years, there's going to be a storm. Yes, right. I can get you through with your insurance much faster if you do this every single year. Like those are the benefits that I would be like screaming to property. Great information to my competitors. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, hey, it's, it's listen, one. Listen, what, we're being a little bit specific with this, which is good, but we're showing the methodology of if you want to attract customers and get into that business. Uh, but one of the things that you said was quality, communication, and quality. Yes. Well, uh, just I'll just say this real quickly, but this is where the work is. <laughs> quality does not exist in marketing. It's an invisible word mm. because everybody says service quality, right. double your money back or whatever. Yep, It's meaningless. We have to dive into what does quality mean to them and so that they can tell by reading or listening to our materials, oh, those guys understand, Yeah, which which is a bit much for right now. But they're, I mean. That's actually this, really interesting. But that, that's yeah. where the action is. No, you, they, you can say certain things that show you have the experience that, 
people, even if they don't realize they just heard that, but they go, well, that guy, yeah, that's it. Quality. Yeah, quality uh, doesn't mean anything to me for my roof. No leaks in well, my building for the next 10 years means something. Yes. You right. know? Quality is an invisible word because yeah. everybody says it. Just yeah. period. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I think we, we are we have gotten specific and we can back back out, but I just wanted to show you that you have to be very specific with who you're targeting and you have to know what matters to them. It's not what matters to That's, you. It's what matters to your customer. And if I'm a property manager and I don't have to worry, I don't have to employ, I can get rid of one of my maintenance guys because there's that much less damage to my building. That's real cost savings, mm-hmm. right? If I don't, if I can get a new roof within six months of the storm, rather than two years or whatever, I don't know what the average processing six days time is. Instead of six weeks. Yeah, whatever. That matters to me, mm-hmm. right? Um, and yeah, there's there, you have to think from their perspective, and I think that's what I would recommend you do as you're developing your sales process, as you're trying to build these relationships. Go spend time with these property managers and see what really matters to them, mm-hmm. right? Keeping tenants happy, you know, less uh, work orders, you know, those are the things. Yeah. So, and that's what's going to communicate to them, not quality. Like, hey, reduce your work orders by fifty percent each year. Right. Well, how do I do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so um, <clears throat> kind of talked about the four areas of business which we refer to uh, in. A, other episodes we haven't done that today but guiding the business which that vision that culture having an organization accumulating people who care about what you want it's a critical step that you have that we've talked about getting the business we talked that's a little bit about marketing which you also talk about sales but systems and processes that are directed and work methodically i mean they work right not haphazard that's a really good guy i don't really know how he does it everybody loves him but he just left now what, right? Yes. Okay, so the other one is production, and I like production systems, and you said you're pretty good at it. Uh, I just, to introduce what I talk about in this, how do your guys know what to do? How do they know? Somebody sold a job. How do the operations guys, even though that they sold it, know what they're supposed to do, where they're supposed to, how do they know? Um, We've got a process of transmitting from the um, from the salespeople to the operations, and usually it goes through me. <laughs> um, and, but also to my to my right hand man, as it were, my sales. I mean, to, my for sales. review. Yeah, yeah, and then he and I will go over all the special details okay. after doing a, a takeoff, and then we communicate that to. The next okay. step down. The so road. you do have a process for, it. and if you're doing, you know, if you did eight and a half or nine million dollars, and if you're doing that, uh, that implies that something's working, uh, unless you're doing it all yourself. But in the production part, processes so that you can deliver consistent quality on time and on budget. We can just take that whole massive area of your business and just put it right into that little uh, niche. Well, and you had, I mean, that is another thing. So I, at one point in time, I thought the sales was okay. So I got off onto trying to write processes, Mm -hmm. procedures. And because I do want to get to the point where I don't have to be there all the time. I mean, that is also another goal. That's a major vision. That is a major vision. Um, But then when the sales slowed, uh, all that just felt meaningless compared to dollars in the door. Mm -hmm. Well, since then, I haven't managed to do either. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, go, we gloss over operations real quickly into the other area, which is administration. So you got the guiding the business, getting it, doing it, and administration. Administration, in my description, when I talk to small business owners, I said that's everything you never heard of when you started business. And it is the things I think I talked about a little earlier, but it's, it's bookkeeping, it's cash management, it's corporate structure, it's paying taxes, it's workers' comp, it's liability insurance, it's record keeping and filing and just on and on and on and on forever. So in those areas, uh, let me just touch on one, the books. Uh, I can already tell from having talked to you a little bit that I think, anyway, I haven't seen your books, you're a little bit more advanced than the average person I meet. But how do you use your books in your business? I keep very close records on our jobs. Okay. In and out on the jobs. Okay, so you know gross profit per job. Per job. Okay. How I use my books to make decisions, mystery okay. to me. <laughs> it won't be by late this afternoon. If you no, that's great. So, so that that kind of covers um, the four areas of business. I mean, that's just one, you know. But how do you know about uh, insurance? How do you oh have a client last week? It's been a long client, and I feel partially responsible for this. But had an event that's a Terrible event uh, involved a death. How's the insurance? Well, I don't know. And I go, holy cow. So, anyway, things like that. I do know, like, that stuff I tend to be probably better than the average okay. business owner a little bit. Because I told you I'm a glossy nerd. You do. But what, not, what if you're in Hawaii? That is the problem right yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it 100% takes me. I mean, literally, there was no one else in my company who could right. do any of that. Okay, so we're are, are we're, you ever, we're highlighting a lot of icebergs. Yes. Yeah. Are you ever like intentional about delegating? Like, and what do you delegate if if so? Um. No. <laughs> and, and why not? I have an administrative assistant, and she helps me with some of of the tracking of. Like when I used to do all the project tracking just right. myself, she helps me with that now. Um, she does that. She she works for me part time, so she's she's yeah. only twenty hours a week. So you know she she does some numbers there. If I've got to get some forms that you know for insurance, I'll have her get started on those. But I'm usually the one who has to complete them because I'm the one who's got the knowledge of the of the final details. So I do have some help in getting some of the administrative stuff done that I delegate to her. Yeah. Um, I have generally not been good about delegating some other things. Uh, I kind of hold some things close. And why? Control. You know, you did say, uh, you know, I want to know that it's getting done. What's wrong well, with that? Do you, can someone else not do it? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, what, what's it's wrong with a, that? What's wrong with that? Well, the attitude? problem is, again, that keeps me stuck right there, right? right? It mean, also limits the size of your business. It does. Yep. Your yes, personal does. capacity to do things. I, I, I think it's not that you don't trust others to get it done. You don't trust others to get it done how you want it to be done. Or maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. I think sometimes I... Again, another, I think difference for me to a lot of people even though I would rather be authoritarian with myself mm -hmm. than with any of my employees or with any of the people that work with me yeah. I'm not a jerk 
And there are a lot of contractor or business owners that are. Yeah. And they're dictatorial and I am not that person. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes this is being a bad manager. I don't want to chase them to do the work that I asked them to do. Okay. So I'm paying them and then I don't want to chase them to do the work. Nice guy. I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit too yeah. much of a nice guy sometimes. It's my yeah. almost fatal flaw in my 46 years of working away. You know, I would say things like, well, maybe they didn't understand or maybe I didn't give them enough time or, oh, they're really busy over there. Oh, they tried. And let me, let me phrase it a different way. What if you had another you working for you? As engaged, as competent, as uh, perfectionist may not be something to copy, but as diligent, as devoted, as engaged, another you working for you. I could definitely turn stuff over to them. Yeah. How would it change your life if you did? Well, I'd be able to focus on other aspects, number one, but also I get have a little bit more freedom, you know. Right. So... And so actually earned freedom as opposed to the freedom I take because I can't figure out what to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, without, we're having a man here this afternoon. I want you to listen to him. He's Larry Hughes, and he's a business broker. And he makes a statement. He said, do you have an exit plan? Because you are going to exit your business one way or another. You're going to die. It's going to go out of business. Or you're going to do some, or you're just going to quit. Or you're going to sell it or something. Do you have an exit plan? Yes to die, no to selling. Uh, we've got we've got key man insurance, and I've got right. things in place for a while. Key man <laughs> insurance is not really a very attractive plan for you. No, it, it's not great for me. Yeah. But if I die, yeah, I, your wife might covered. be. Yeah, she's yeah. good. Yeah, she's good. Okay, well, the, uh, and I've, I'm sure that you're. Well, I know I can see you. You're grinning when you say that. But I don't really consider key man insurance to be an exit plan. I don't either. You said if I yeah. die, I'm like, well, yeah, yeah I got Well, I've got a questionnaire that you're going to receive, which usually you would have if you weren't doing this today. But it's one of them. When do you plan to leave your business? You know, two years, five years, 10 years. And the last one is never. I plan to die at my desk. And a surprising number of people check that and always think, oh, they're kind of kidding. But eh. that is not me. I, I would like to not be... At the very least, I don't want to be actively engaged in the day-to-day running of this business. I mean, perfect world within two years, but within five years at the absolute outside. Okay. I mean, I just... You, you realize what you're doing here is getting real specific and concrete, which, I is, am. which means that we can actually do it. When, when people come in and their goal is to do better, make more money, have more time, and say, how much, what, what's better mean? What, how much more money? How much more time? Those mushy definitions of better, I don't know what to do. If you say I'm out of here in two years and I got to have a residual income of 100 grand or, or 200 grand or whatever from the business and I want happy employees and all the things that you've articulated, go. Guarantee. As long as there's business out there to be had, which you told me there was. There is. Right. The, the place, some, well, in this business, uh, it's out there. So if, if we had to do, uh, this is, I want your opinion on this. If we had to do one thing first that's holding you back, one thing, what would that one thing be? Make the biggest difference in your life. F- figure out how to generate m- more sales. Okay, so 
Sales of those four things that we talk about. Sales is the short stave in the barrel. Right now, yes. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. So as we go forward, um, I will also, because this comes up all the time, that you have an, a well-articulated vision that you've written out that you really believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, people write out visions for me because it's an, ass- it's an assignment. And sometimes it's real at early on and sometimes it's not. I will say this, every client I have has, a, it has as a part of their vision because we talk about it so much, to build a highly profitable business that can work without the owner. The can work is an important word because some people say, I don't want to, some people truly vigorously love what they do, can't imagine any, anything else, but can work. That means if you break your leg, the company still goes on. That means the proverbial truck hits you, the company still goes on. It means if your wife says, you know what? I've always wanted to go to Italy and we just hit 50 or 45 or whatever. Let's do it. You can go for two weeks and the company doesn't only not shut down, it continues to grow. Yeah. And the bank deposits get made and the customer complaint gets handled and all the things that you never even really think about if you're just going to be gone all happen. So... Yes, I mentioned the sales a sales machine to you. Yeah. I want a sales machine that works whether I'm sitting there or not. Mm-hmm. And that I'm confident in is going to work. And how would that change your life? Well, the worry would drop significantly because I would know once, then I can focus on the areas of the business that I find interesting and, and growing and, and doing those different things because I know the baseline is covered, right? The baseline is covered. I don't have to worry where money's going to come from four months from now, right? Because it's coming. Yeah. Because there's a sales machine that's in process that works and it's consistent and it's growing, right? That's that allows me to then work toward those longer goals, work toward those, you know, exit plans, work toward even writing the policies and procedures so that other people can do this. The training is consistent, the quality is consistent the <laughs> we can talk about quality i'm just saying in marketing it's a it's a missing word sure. right because everybody no says i think it. that's a really interesting uh thing to say I, I totally get that yeah you know okay so what are the consequences of you not work getting the sales right well right now you know the old phrase if your business not grow business is not growing it's dying that's where i feel like i'm at right now so you feel like if you don't fix the sales, your business will die? Yes. Okay. And, you know, what what are you going to do to make sure that the sales is right? A big I do not know except for come here and talk to okay. you guys and okay. step one. No, that's fair. That's fair. Just, I mean, but, but I'm willing to invest myself. I'm willing yeah. to invest my time. I'm willing to invest my money. Right. I'm willing to invest this. It, it, for me, coming to get an outside perspective yeah, and coming to get someone that can, because I'm, I'm on a hill by myself at that, yeah, business, I love that, that. office. Yeah. I am, I'm alone. I'm sitting there going, yeah. you know, and all the world of possibilities are out there and I get lost in that world of possibilities and I need to 
bring it into a specific plan and I feel like that's something that we can do here that that is and uh, or at least we absolutely the business is out there to be had it's not like you're starting this business from scratch with thirty thousand dollars in the bank and uh, and debt on a f-250 pickup right yep you you've been out there you know what you're doing you can do it you have processes there's zero doubt if if we do what we need to do and just to give you an idea of the process uh, we start with a three-year vision and by that I mean uh, not just the statement vision but where do you want to be in three years the uh, like I want to be gone or I want to be gone for two months out of the year or whatever it is but where do you want to be in three years then we so that's the vision the goal we we call uh, one year. So where do we want to be in 12 months? It's taking us towards three. We have projects. It doesn't matter what we call them, but we, we have projects that are, what do we want to do in the next three months? And then we have activities. And so what are we doing this week? So they all, the activities lead to the projects, lead to the goal, leads to the vision. But they, I love to talk. You can tell. I, I think <laughs> you'd like to talk too, and we'll probably talk a lot. But whatever we do, whenever we meet, it has to come down to something to do. And that's where the action takes place. You have to have the vision and the projects and the goals so that you know where you're going, the North Star, all the cliche things about this is what we're doing, this is where we're going. But it always boils down to what am I doing this week? And no matter what, no matter how bad things are or difficult they are or down we are because of sales, we accomplish something. And it's kind of like driving a stake. Sometimes the the motion is slow, sometimes it's fast. But in a year, you look back and see how far you've come from that stake. If you do it without driving a stake, without setting it out, you, you can make the same progress and look back and just dismiss it because you don't realize how far you've come. So that's the process if mm-hmm. we've made it clear in this conversation. But do you have questions uh, about how things work? Yeah, what questions <laughs> do you have for us? I'm always bad at the what questions do you have for us part because I listen and I take yeah well you know, we, maybe I, we've done an exceedingly excellent job and I think we're just that good Martin I think we're I mean I think you guys are, are that good I mean I, I have a good sense of you know I know that you guys are very experienced I've listened to part of I mean I've listened to your podcast I've yeah. um, started to read your book I know that and for me personally. Having someone that I can talk to and who will help guide me into making the right decisions that I can feel confident in myself again, I can execute on it if I can just get some momentum. You you didn't say it, but I wrote it down. I might have said it the other day, but one of the main things you're looking for is an accountability partner. Mm -hmm. That Uh, is absolutely true. And and believe me, if we were meeting on Fridays and you were going to do something, make a list of something or, or do something like read this chapter or whatever it is, and you don't do it. I try to be a nice guy, but I also go, oh, I'm sorry, I was busy. <laughs> you don't know what it's like to be. I mean, it's not always brutal because sometimes there are reasons. But somebody needs to, to say, no, we agreed to do it. And sometimes I get assignments emailed to me at, in the middle of the night for the next day from CEOs of companies. I go, I have no authority or I can't fire them or punish them. But they stayed up to get it to me because they didn't want to tell me they didn't that they hadn't done it. <laughs> it matters. I mean, you, you, 
it's so much easier to work out with other people than it yes. is to just do it alone. Yes. Like yeah. you're more likely to show up to the gym if you're supposed to meet someone there. <laughs> you know, it's the same thing. You're 100 exactly. right that that is. I mean, what I'm looking for. I'm, I, I'm an independent guy, who has not liked working for other people. So I started my own business, yeah. uh, and but that doesn't mean I want to be alone while doing it. <laughs> yeah, and that that's just a. That's, that went back to when we were asking you why do you feel bad about it because one thing I nobody does anything by him or herself period nobody does and I always I'm fond of putting my shoes on the table somebody had to make those dang shoes if I'm sitting at home making my shoes so I can make anyway nobody does it by themselves and uh, it's okay it's not okay. It's more than okay. It's necessary to get help from Absolutely. people who are experts in other areas. Right. Now, you have to trust them. And it has, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, you shouldn't do things by alone, uh, by yourself because you can't. I mean, you can do some things, but you, you can't ever go where you want to go if you do it all by yourself. I'm curious. What are the biggest things that you're taking away from this conversation, Chad? One, I'm taking away a belief that okay. you guys can can help me set a course. Okay. Um. So that's that's a that's a big one. Okay. For for me, um, a belief that then that my goals can be real, and that my goals can be accomplished. And that I can do the things that I set out to do for all, for employees, you know, for customers, for yeah. my business partner, and for my family, mm -hmm. and for my community. That those things can can be accomplished. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that I'm taking away from this. And that there's a vision here from you guys for how to do that. Yeah. I mean, and so I, I feel like that's something I'm taking away. And... I hope that what you'll take away also is, and it sounds, I think you kind of referenced it, but uh, a belief in yourself, man. Like you have to believe in yourself. Um, I'm glad that you believe in us, but at the end of the day, like you can do this. And with with us, with other people, with the help of others, you're gonna be able to do it. Uh, and I want you to believe that. And I I believe that I can with a little bit of, of help. Yeah. Because I'm a, pretty good at stuff and i yeah. i don't like feeling the way i've been feeling and i'm ready to move forward good and i'm tired of being stuck and i'm get out of this rut mm -hmm. let's be honest it's a rut mm -hmm. i've been stuck in it's deep in the mud and i'm gonna get out and yeah. i'm gonna move forward and we're gonna get where we need to go and it's gonna be to the benefit of everybody involved everyone who touches my business, our business, is going to be benefited by me getting out of a rut. Yeah. It's going to be better for everyone. Well, I, it's I think... It's going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell. I mean, I, I think Martin and I do good work, but I, I think also you're going to be able to look back at this point and say, that's the time that I asked for help, and here's how it changed my business. Here's how it changed my life. And I honestly, while we may have a role in it, whether it was us or somebody else, I think the, the main thing there is getting help. Uh -huh. um, that's when it makes a difference. Just like if someone's having a leak in their house, they're going to be able to say, oh, wow, 
that moment, whenever I called for help and somebody fixed it, I stopped having to worry about my house or my, my building. Same exact thing. If you would just ask what the, you asking for help is the biggest step there. Um, so kudos to you for doing that. And I, I want you to believe in yourself and I think you're going to crush it, man. I think you're absolutely and you're way ahead, everybody, because you already yep. know the difference between cash and accrual basis. But <laughs> I know there are a lot of people driving around going to job sites right now going, hmm, I'm wondering what cash puts <laughs> compared to accrual. But it's a arcane little subject, but it's massively yeah. important. Yeah. Well, so, the, yeah. the way that I kind of want to wrap up, and I don't know if you have different ideas here, Martin. This is our first console. We really yeah, appreciate you being you on for, for it, Chad. Yeah. And we'll probably iterate this as we go and, and learn how to do these live. We do them all the time, but not on the air. So it's fun. But the way that I kind of want to wrap this up for our listeners, um, I want us to kind of say, hey, this is, this is where we're going to start. And this is what's going to happen moving forward. And whether you decide to execute it with us, that's fine. Uh, but you don't have to. Here's what we would do. So do you want to start? And then I would kind of, I'll share as well. Well, yes, I, we've been kind of talking about it. This would summarize it, but my method, the way I start with somebody like you, I have a two hour session where we really go through a lot of things and talk about mindset and we establish a vocabulary so that you and I, well, all of us know what we're talking about above and below the lines and things like that. Uh, but we cycle through those four areas, guide, get, do, and administer, and we look for the short stave, which you've already told us was sales. Well, once we see books and things like that, but we concentrate on one thing at a time, one thing at a time, Yeah. because we can get way. Now, actually, I say that we have one major thing going, but I, there, you might be reading a book on the side, but there's one thing at any given time that's more important than anything else. That. And by that, I mean it'll have the biggest impact on your business and your life. That's the thing. And we work on that. If it takes a year to establish marketing and sales, we'll be doing some other things as we go along, but that's our priority. Yeah. So that's basically how the process works. And then we meet regularly um, because it establishes a rhythm. Mm -hmm. If you just check in every now and then, that doesn't do it. And the most frequent way is that we meet every week. Uh, so... It, that kind of explains it. Yeah. I think if you have questions, uh, be more specific. Yeah. Um, on, on the marketing sales side, customer side, um, I think it really just comes down to knowing who your target audience is. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you've listened to where to start with your marketing on the podcast, but knowing really defining who is your target customer and then really identifying with them and knowing what their pain points are, knowing you know, what their goals are and how you can help them transform into the better person for you, better business maybe. Um, those are the key things that you need to, to figure out. That's where we would start. We'd really map out uh, brand scripts, which are a really good way of understanding your customer, uh, mm -hmm. but also how you can help them. And then uh, figuring out ways that we can reach them. Where are they spending their time? What mediums uh, are gonna be most beneficial for them? And then coming up with a sales process that's a four-step process um, where you're going from a discovery call to then a, an exploratory call to a presentation to a closing uh, a closing meeting where you're closing the deal. Um, so those are the, the main things that we would do, but it all starts with really knowing who your customer is, what they want, what benefits you can provide them with, and how you can help them get what they want. So. Um, 
we, we kind of did that briefly where I, I mentioned some benefits to you that mm -hmm. you should be focusing on. Like they don't care about the words quality like Martin said, mm -hmm. but they care about like, hey, I want 50% less work orders next year. Like that would make a difference on my life and on my business, right? Mm -hmm. um, I want insurance claims done within 90 days. I don't know if, if that's a good number, but yeah, if you can help them with that, I'm sure they'd be like, wow, this is incredible, right? So um, yeah, those, those are some small things that I would say, but it all starts with knowing who your, who your target audience is really in depth, not just property managers, but like, what do they care about? What do they focus on every day? It's really fun when you do get into it. So. Yeah, absolutely. And it pays, and it, and it works. Yeah. yeah. It, it yeah. works. Okay, so okay. Well, we're at Ethan's. No, oh. yeah, we don't have insights today. I think we're just going to close on the okay. consult. Um, but we appreciate it, Chad. Um, if Obviously, we're going to talk more after this. But, um, yeah, thanks for being willing to share so much with much our listeners. I'm sure it's super helpful. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank thanks, you, sir. Thanks, Chad. Thanks for listening to The Cashflow Contractor. Check out our website in the show notes or visit thecashflowcontractor.com. What's up, Cashflow Contractors? Khalil here. Thank you so much for getting to the end of this episode. It means the world to us that you're listening. Uh, I've got a favor to ask. So we are looking for contractors who would like to have a consult, a free consult with myself and with Martin um, for about 30 minutes to an hour. Uh, we'll basically just ask you questions about your business, about what it's like for you to work as a contractor, and then we will answer any of your questions specific to your business. Then we'll make that a live episode for other contractors to learn from, to engage with, uh, and we think it's a great way for people to really see clear, uh, specific answers to problems that contractors have. So if that interests you at all, we're not going to share any of your information. Um, we, you don't even need to say your name on the episode. But I think we want to get some more of these episodes out there. And if you're willing to do that, we've got a link in the show notes that allows you to just submit a form for a consult. Then we'll schedule it with you and record it. And we'll put you live on, on uh, the podcast. So if that interests you, please check it out in the show notes. If not, no worries. Or if you know someone else that you think would be interested in it, send it to them. That'd be great. But appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us. And yeah, we hope that you're finding less stress, more time, and more money. Thanks.